ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. The Drive with Paul Swan. It is Wednesday, July 18th. Welcome to The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for joining me on today's edition. We'll get coming up later on. We're going to hear from David Kahn from the West Virginia Power. Power are back in action tomorrow. They got a win over Delmarva yesterday, 8-1. to So we'll talk to him. Coming up for the Power, they're on the road. They've got a road trip through Lexington, Kentucky, and Kannapolis, North Carolina. We'll get you all the details on that. Also, coming up later this week, We've got Little League Baseball action starting in Huntington. And so Dan is going to join us. He's president of the Huntington Little League at the Arch. And side note to that, we've got several games for you on the radio. We're going to have all the CK and Barbersville games. We're going to carry those. Most are going to be on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. There will be a time or two where a couple of games will overflow over to our sister station, Cat Sports 93.3 and 1340. So we've got a couple of those games going there. Uh, the the schedule's really fluid, only because it's double elimination, and after the first day, you go into either the winner's bracket or the loser's bracket. And then that, my friends, is where it gets fun. So we're going to be playing this by ear throughout the tournament. And, of course, if you like video, we've got that for you as well because on our Facebook page, if I understand this correctly, on the Facebook page, we are going to have all the games streamed, not just the Barbersville and CK games, but we're going to have all the games of the tournament. So if you want to check out the tournament, all you have to do is go to our Facebook page. It's ESPN Radio, 94.1 FM and AM 930. And if you find the page, like us, share it as well. Let everybody know that we're going to have the games. Really do appreciate that. So Conference USA, the meetings are going on today and tomorrow. Now, the kickoff started with the West Division today. So we're not that focused on that. Not that concerned. Tomorrow's when I'm really going to be interested because it'll be the East Division. And that, of course, is where Marshall occupies its space. We'll go down some of those teams, see what they had to say. Um, We'll try to get tomorrow because they're wrapping up now and we haven't got the audio made available yet to us. Judy McLeod's comments because they were going... 2 to 4 Central. So we don't have her comments just yet. If we can get them before the show ends, we'll get them to you. But we'll save that for tomorrow as well. Is uh, We'll have Doc Holliday's comments. We'll get uh, his thoughts. Uh, I'm trying to get uh, maybe Doc or somebody on the program from the kickoff tomorrow working on that. Uh, the thing is, those guys are going to be in the air coming back by the time the show goes on the air. So if I can get something tomorrow, we're going to tape it. We'll play it back for you tomorrow, and if not, I'll have hopefully uh, some of their uh, comments from the official portion of the event tomorrow. So that's what's coming up tomorrow, and of course, uh, we are looking ahead for today. Baseball action first, and then Little League baseball action. A lot of baseball action last night. Um, I don't know about you, but the All-Star game was a little bit more entertaining. Going into extra innings again, American League wins it 8-6. to We now get back to real, honest-to-goodness, it-counts baseball. 
The Pirates are going to be back in action on Friday, taking on the Reds. Uh, if Little League does not interfere, we'll have that game for you coming up as the Pirates get back in action, taking on the Reds. Some Marshall news today before we hit the break. Um, Glenn Butler has been hired by Marshall women's soccer coach Kevin Long. And so Glenn is going to be joining the Marshall women's soccer staff. So a new addition there, and we're getting closer and closer to the start of soccer season. So, you know, I think that's a good reason to have Kevin Long back on the program here in the next few weeks to get us set for soccer season. So looking forward to talking to him about his new hire and what he thinks the season holds for him. I'll tell you what, we'll take our first break now because uh, I really want to get into uh, what's happening with West Virginia Power. And David Kahn is going to join us on the other side of the break. We'll talk to him and get caught up with the power. And then later on, we'll look ahead to a little Little League baseball action taking place in Huntington. That's all still to come here on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Let's welcome to the program now. He's the voice of the West Virginia Power. He's David Kahn, and the Power is heading for the road. How you doing, buddy? You, uh, you all good? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. Uh, you all good because uh, you got a eight-game road trip. That means you got to go through Lexington, Kentucky, and Kannapolis, North Carolina. Are you okay, ready to go for this? Oh, I'm born ready, Paul. You you know me. I'm uh, I'm ready to rip, and uh, we got to go get that golden pig in Lexington, and then get some revenge on the Intimidators. Okay, um, we'll save that for a minute. I want to I want to get you warmed up for that because I'm not feeling the passion just yet. So I'm going to take you back. <laughs> I'm going to take you back. Delmarva yesterday, 8-1. to one. It was a short game, and maybe that's a good thing for Delmarva because it felt like the power bats were lighting up. Yeah, they really were. I mean, the middle innings, they scored seven runs. Uh, it's certainly good to see the power bats lighting up as it's been a, a tough July. The power hitting just a tick above 200 in the month. So, you know, it's certainly good to see that the bats are starting to wake up, and hopefully that is a sign of things to come. Power only three back right now, and it seems like everybody's close to everyone except for Lakewood and then Delmarva, which is just a half game back of Lakewood. Uh, what's Lakewood doing right now that seems to have them pulling slightly ahead of everyone else? It's really what they've been doing all season, and that's pitch. I mean, they have incredible pitching. Their starting staff is unbelievable, and their guys haven't been called up yet, so I'm assuming some of them will be at some point before the season ends. But, I mean, they just have an incredible pitching staff. They have a lot of low-scoring games, and, and when they have a great pitching staff like they do, it's hard to beat them. David Kahn's our guest from the West Virginia Power, the Power winners yesterday. Now get the day off. Uh, that means uh, you get to uh, relax just a little bit and then uh, hit the road. <laughs> this is a big one. Um, I know um, every game's important for minor league baseball, but when you have – Two teams that just naturally like playing each other and really feel uh, sort of a rivalry. Uh, you never know what's going to happen. I know that sounds cliche, but really, this is going to be a big series. It doesn't matter what the standings are. Nothing like that comes in anyone's mind. It's just, hey, let's go out and get these guys. I, I completely agree. I mean, like we said it at the at the start of the show, uh, it is the quest for the Golden Pig ends in Lexington over these next four games. Lexington has a one-game lead, 
And, Paul, I'm bringing the Golden Pig with me to Lexington, and I don't intend on leaving without it. Now, are you going to do any taunting? Are you going to just walk it around uh, everywhere you can uh, be seen? Are you going to go on the field hoisting it up? What's going to happen here? Well, so we're, I mean, we're currently down in the series. So once it becomes apparent that the power are going to win the Golden Pig, and I certainly anticipate it happening, uh, then I'll do some taunting. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not going to, you know, preemptively do anything. But when it becomes apparent that we're going to take it home, I will, uh, I'll certainly make it well known in the Lexington press box. Okay. Um, I hope there's going to be video on social media of everything that happens. We'll, uh, we, we'll, we'll get some stuff out there. Don't worry. There'll okay. be, uh, there'll be a celebration of some sort. We'll, uh, we, we, we'll, we'll see what we can make happen. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. I know the players get into this, and I'm sure both staffs get into this. Um, how do the fans get into this? So the fans are super into it. I mean, they they know about the Golden Pig. They know about the rivalry. I mean, they, they want this just as bad as the team does. So, I mean, they, they're always asking, like, what's the Lexington series standing? Like, are we, are we going to win the Golden Pig this year? Uh, they, they love it. I mean, it, it's a great, great promotion between the two rivalries, and uh, – I mean, the, the fans are, are hoping to bring home the trophy just as much as we are. Is it equal on both sides? Or is there uh, one side a little bit more passionate about it? Uh, so I actually haven't interacted with too many Lexington fans this year. Uh, I mean, our side's pretty passionate. I would assume that Lexington is pretty passionate about it as well, but uh, I haven't heard too much from their side. But I know that they're. I mean, I'm sure they're. I'm sure they're into it and and ready to to battle for it. Although ultimately, of course, the power are going to take it home. All right, David Kahn, he's made the guarantee the pig returns. Uh, I almost feel like this trophy needs to be a a WWE-style championship belt so managers can (laughs) can hoist it over their shoulder. I I don't know. Maybe that would – a golden pig wrestling belt. Uh, Can that happen? Uh, Not this year, but maybe next year we'll get a redesign going and, uh, and see what we can make happen. I'm thinking that could uh, that could also tie into Legends of Wrestling Night, and there's so many ways you can go with this. It would, but we would have to we would have to make sure that we schedule Legends of Wrestling Night when we play Lexington. Then, although granted, we played them 25 times, so I guess that's pretty much guaranteed to happen. I'm still not seeing a negative here. I'm still not seeing where this can't happen. <laughs> I mean, all all I hear is money being made. It's all I'm hearing right now. <laughs> We will we'll certainly see. Well, I, I won't rule it out. David Collins, our guest from the West Virginia Power. I see. I look forward to this every week because this is just my big opportunity to talk to you, talk some power baseball, and usually we both end up cutting up. I'm probably the instigator of this duo, but this is just yeah. I think that's what we get into more than anything. We talk baseball and we're just cutting up like two dudes. I, I completely agree. I mean, I look forward to this every week as well, just because I, I can't wait to hear what uh, kind of harebrained schemes you've got ready. Hey, you got to admit, most of them have been pretty good. Oh, yeah. I use harebrained as a, as a compliment. Okay. Most of them are pretty good. I mean, I'm sure management might not agree with us, but it. hey, look, I'm like Doritos, man. I'll make more. I'll make more. <clears throat> okay. I got all the ideas here. Maybe that should have been my second career here. Maybe a minor league baseball promotions manager. I don't know. I mean, hey, you, look, uh, I'm not saying it can't happen. Maybe, maybe you have a, a second calling. Okay, there you go. Uh, uh, what's that pay usually? Is it decent? 
Uh, well, I mean, minor league baseball is uh, is interesting in terms of of that regard. I'm sure you know about the you know class action suit and all that stuff, but um, it. I mean, the the long and short of it is, I mean, minor league baseball players aren't paid enough, and you know that trickles down to the rest of minor league baseball. But I mean, we do it because we love it. It's not because of the pay. David Kahn's our guest from the West Virginia Power. So uh, after that, uh, you got to go to North Carolina. Uh, I know um, the guys are not looking past Lexington, but you know we can. Uh, how do you feel about this road trip? Uh, in, you know, all, all kidding aside, how do you feel about the Power's chances to maybe gain some ground here? I, I like this road trip. Uh, you know, I think Lexington's going to be an interesting series. The, the guys really want to beat Lexington. They know that they they think that they're they are capable of handling Lexington and. And they think that the last couple of series they've played them has been a, a poor representation of, of what they can do against that team. So they really want to control Lexington and, and take them down. And, you know, I think that Kannapolis is the same way. The, the, the power really handled Kannapolis in game one of their series. And they're thinking, all right, hey, look, we showed that we can take care of them, you know, but we didn't hang on the rest of the three games. And Kannapolis won the series 3-1. to one. So I think it's more of a, uh, a revenge factor for Kannapolis plus the Intimidators lost a ton of talent in the uh, first half, second half switchovers. So the Power uh, now have a chance to try and see if they can capitalize against some of the newer guys in Kannapolis' system. However, the Intimidators did just get uh, White Sox number one pick, Nick Madrigal. So it'll certainly be interesting to see uh, how the Power handle him and his uh, incredible ability. David Kahn, our guest from the West Virginia Power. It's going to be the Power taking on Lexington, then Kannapolis. Lexington, important for the uh, the trophy and the rivalry aspect. And then Kannapolis, just because you're looking right at them as well in the division. And Hickory is uh, right up there as well, as we mentioned, Elmarva and, and Lakewood. Um, Hagerstown, what's going on there with uh, the second half? So they started off decent because they had a guy by the name of Luis Garcia. He's the real deal. And they got some really good starts from Jackson Tatro and Seth Romero and stuff like that. They had a, they had some some really really nice starts. Uh, well, Seth Romero's gone back on the disabled list. Uh, Luis Garcia got promoted to Potomac, and a couple other guys got banged up. So it's just been a little bit of bad luck, a little bit of promotion. Washington is very very quick to promote their guys when they find out that they're having you know really great seasons like Garcia was, and so he had a hot stretch and he got promoted. And Hagerstown has kind of returned to Hagerstown form. Now, I can understand why Rome not necessarily uh, tearing it up in the uh, second half. They don't have to. They're sitting right there as the first half division winner. But uh, they seem to be on a little hot streak as well, uh, winning their last three. Yeah, you know, it, it's always interesting when you win the first half, and then you basically like some teams when they win the first half, they vacate half their roster to higher levels. So then the second half is a big adjustment period. So you always wonder what's going to happen with with teams like Lakewood and Rome. Obviously, Lakewood is still you know managed to be very very good, and Rome has had a bit of a tough stretch. You know these the teams are starting to build chemistry together here in the second half, and, and they're starting to work well together again. And you know Rome's a good ball club. Rocket Wheeler's a really good manager, and they uh, they you know they know how to win ball games. They 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 did a very good job of handling us here back in April. And the power will not see them again until August, so it will certainly be an interesting matchup when they go back down there. David Cohn, he's our guest from the West Virginia Power. And uh, not to look too far ahead, but this uh, eight-game road trip is going to end eventually. And uh, when you come back, uh, 
Uh, I bet you're going to be relieved just to get back for a few days. Well, it's an eight-game road trip. It's the longest road trip of the season. I'll certainly be glad to be back at home for a few days. Uh, and then, you know, it, it's always nice to be home. It's always nice to be in front of the home crowd. But, yeah, it's going to be a long trip. These guys, is this the longest trip they've gone on all season? Or is this uh, – Yeah, this, yeah. This, this, will be the, this will be the only eight-day, eight eight-game road trip we go on all year. I guess the good news is there's not an off day in between any of them. Uh, is that a good thing, just go out, play the baseball, and, and keep going? Yeah, well, you certainly don't want an off day on the road. I mean, that those are those are sometimes a little bit difficult, especially in the middle of a road trip. You certainly just want to get the road trip over, uh, you know, in, out, and then get back home. Uh, sometimes you need an off day before the road trip, which is nice if you have today. You know, you can gear up and get ready to go. David Kahn's our guest from the West Virginia Power, and uh, it, it feels like uh, these next couple of weeks are going to be on the road a, a long time with just a, a couple of days in between uh, road trips. These guys, though, yeah, we, uh, we these, will. Yeah, we these, certainly will. These guys, though, they're do they cherish getting on the road a little bit more? I mean, you like playing at home for sure, but at the same time, uh, it's sort of an opportunity for these guys to really bond. Uh, you see that uh, more and more with these longer trips that maybe they get better when they come back? Um, I'm not sure if there's that much of a correlation with it. I mean, I know the guys certainly like, you know, going to different cities and exploring different towns and areas like that. Uh, and they definitely do bond living in hotel rooms with each other and all that stuff. Uh, it, I mean, it's interesting. Uh, you know, the, the road is, is always an interesting thing. You look forward to going on it, but then by the time you're done with it, you look forward to going back home. Uh, they really, it's one of those things where you're never really satisfied whether you're home or you know you're about to go on the road trip or you're about to come back. You're like always looking forward to the next thing. David Kahn joins us from the West Virginia Power on the road. They're taking on Lexington, then Kannapolis. Of course, if you want to follow along, you can go to wvpower.com. But uh, when you do get back, uh, what can the fans look forward to uh, when the Power come back? So the Power kick off an incredible homestand on Friday night. It is faith and family night going to be absolutely phenomenal uh we have pre-game concerts from the jason lovins band and the sycamores <clears throat> and then we also have a post-game fireworks show being put on by trans canada after that and uh, faith and family night is being presented by mako medical laboratories so we're uh, we're very excited to have faith and family night out at the ballpark it's one of our best nights of the season always and uh, we can't wait for it here on friday july 27th we welcome Asheville to town on saturday we have a bucket hat giveaway courtesy of IHOP. And, Paul, I'm telling you, the bucket hats are phenomenal. Everyone's going to want one. Uh, we also got our Christmas in July food drive. And then on Sunday, we wrap things up with a Kid Sunday Funday. Okay, so everyone's going to want one. Yes. And that means I want one. Okay. I'm just, I'm just telling you. Making, I'm okay. Ma- making a mental note for you. Everyone's going to want one, so that means i got to have one right here in the studio. I'll see what I can do. Okay. Well, maybe not in the studio because it might get um, picked up by somebody. So <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll we'll see what we can make happen. I'm writing it down right now. Okay. Yeah. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. Yes, I am. Are you really? I'll okay. You, I'll, I'll send you a picture of the sticky note right after we get off the air. Okay. Fair enough. David Kahn's our guest from the West Virginia Power. Uh, always good to catch up with him. It's uh, sort of my... Uh, my midweek release just to have some fun. And uh, <laughs> we'll do it again next week, my man. Good luck on the road. Thanks, Paul. Talk to you soon.
David Kahn, West Virginia Power Up. When we come back from break, uh, we're going to turn our attention to the Little League guys, the guys who are hoping to eventually be big leaguers. And joining us next, we're going to talk to David Amsbury, president of the Huntington Little League at the Arch, uh, Little League Baseball action returning to the area in a few days. And we're going to talk to him when we continue here on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Wednesday edition, The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Don't forget, you can always find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, or on TuneIn, wherever you get your podcasts. Also, if you're following the show and you're getting your podcast from Apple, hey, make sure to leave us a five-star review. Great reviews help people find the program. Want to welcome to the program now. We've got David Amsbury. He's president of the Huntington Little League on the Arch. And uh, David, it's getting that time. You're going to be really busy for the next few days, and uh, this is probably uh, that time of the year you're looking forward to the most. Yeah, this is a this is a fantastic time of the year. We're uh, we've actually been working for some time now, getting ready for this, and we're now at the home stretch. So it's exciting to think that uh, all these. All these uh, little baseball players are going to be coming down to Huntington here in the next two days, ready to to play some baseball. I always thought you had one of the better locations because uh, you know being the little league in Huntington at the Arch uh, really gives uh, people a, a great uh, great atmosphere. You, you got the Arch, of course, uh, the park area, uh, the fields are uh, in great shape. It looked like driving by the other day. Um, this is going to be really a wonderful tournament for the kids. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think it really is. You know, we we can't control the weather, but we can certainly control, you know, bringing in you know all the all the things that make baseball fun. You know, so we're we're going to have barbecue and we're going to have, you know, Woody Woodrum's going to be announcing and you know we're, we've got just we're, everything that you could want in a good baseball environment. We're going to have here ready to, ready to go. So, and you know the art the, the park here is so beautiful. I'm looking out right now from the field. And, you know, we're just surrounded by all these beautiful oak trees and, you know, just in a really great location. So uh, we're really looking forward to to giving a chance, uh, giving us a chance to show off what we have down here. I think you had everybody at bar- barbecue, but you, you threw in the Woody Woodrum, and, and I think that just pushed it over <laughs> the edge. Hey, but Woody is Woody's our guy. You know, he we, we wouldn't have what we have down here if it wasn't for Woody. I mean, he's such an integral part of what we do. Um, you know, I just I can't say enough about that guy. Uh, from my understanding from Woody that all the important stuff happens on his field, which is field one, uh, which uh, uh, is there is there going to be an unveiling of a naming anytime soon, or is the uh, unofficial Woody Woodrum field just the uh, the official name uh, that <laughs> we all just acknowledge? I don't know about that, but you know we're we're uh, this is he's got a, a seat in the press box that nobody can sit in. It's his, you know that's that's how we look at it. Um, but yeah, he's, he's been fantastic, but we're, we're going to have, we're going to have both fields going at all times and, uh, you know, during the tournament, well, at least for the first three or four days. And, um, so Woody's going to be on one and we've got some other folks helping out on the other one, but, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's going to be exciting. So what makes uh, Huntington, uh, a great place to have this tournament? Uh, what are you guys doing that really makes it special for the kids? Cause it, this thing's been all around. It's been other places, uh, you know, over the years, and uh, tournaments across the state of West Virginia have been going on. But what makes uh, what you do and Huntington um, really special for these kids? 
Well, you know, one of the things, I think one of the first things we're going to do is we're having our uh, opening party uh, the night before the tournament starts down at Camden Park, which I, you know, I can't think of a better place to invite 600 people to go have a good time, and, you know, on a on a, a cool evening than uh, Camden Park. So that that's really going to be fantastic. And we decided early on, you know, we wanted to bring people in and show them something that's uniquely Huntington. And, you know, that's Camden Park. And I, and I got to give them credit. They've, they've worked with us and, and made this, uh, you know, a, a really a really wonderful experience just getting ready for it and getting going. So I, I, I applaud them. But then, you know, also just, you know, the, the folks that are going to do the barbecue and all the folks, all the volunteers. I mean, we, you know, we have a community here of, of people who just really love this, these fields and love this uh, little corner of the world that we're sitting on. So that's really what we have to offer, just all of our, our people, <laughs> honestly. It's nice that you've got a lot of people who are supporting this as well, not just a name only, but uh, actually lending their support. Uh, opening ceremonies on Friday, Steve Williams is going to be there. Uh, Jeff Wagner, Marshall's baseball coach, is going to be there as well. Um, who else can we expect? Because it feels like uh, this is going to be a pretty big deal on on Friday. Yeah, well, and, and you know, the also one of the probably the most notable persons living in our county is. Uh, Fire Chief Jan Rader, she's going to come down and throw out the first pitch. And as you know, she, I mean, she's uh, made it in Time Magazine recently as one of the most influential people on the earth. So, um, you know, it's just a, it's a really wonderful for her to agree to come down and, and do that for us. So we're really excited about that. And uh, just, you know, all the folks that um, are part of Little League Baseball that'll be down here, you know, the district administrators and the umpires and you know, we, we really don't need big names. We just want our, our people, our baseball people, people who care and, and enjoy this. That's what it's going to be about. So um, it's really a celebration of, of all of our volunteers and, you know, all the people that make this thing work. Now, for those who have uh, followed Little League in the past, uh, years past it's been pool play. This year it's going to be bracket play. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that uh, and how the tournament format is going to look this year? Well, um, I, I'm not, as far as the bracket goes, it looks like they've you know they've kind of fit fit everything in nicely, uh, so that we we should just keep you know games should just keep going. Um, the competition looks like it's going to be good all the way through. I know CK starts from our district. District one is one of the leadoff games, so I'm I'm pretty excited about that. And hope everybody gets down here from CK. Um, but it just like it looks like it's going to be competitive all the way around, um, and uh, you know it's. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't, it doesn't matter to me how it's organized, as long as everybody's down here having a good time. <laughs> now, this is an open event. So you're hoping that we get a big crowds from everybody. I'm sure you'd like to see a lot of support from the community, not just to support Barbersville or CK, but to really come out and support all these teams. Yeah, I mean, we, we can't wait to have Barbersville and CK come down here and, and show what they've got. I mean, those are both really, really strong teams, and I think they've got a really good shot, both of them, um, this year. So that is that's pretty exciting to think that we might have a, a really competitive team coming out of district one, but for, for the whole state, I mean, that's, um, you know, I think it's uh, all these teams are going to be really competitive and, um, you know, uh, we, it doesn't cost anything to come. That's the main thing. I want everybody to know that it doesn't, if there's no admission, parking's free, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't cost anything to come down here. So even if you're just curious, just drive down to the arch, walk on in, You'll see tons of people here having a good time, and everybody's welcome. David Ansbury is our guest, president of Huntington Little League at the Arch, and the uh, the action gets underway in earnest on Friday. And 
Of course, Barbersville is going to be uh, one of the first teams up on field one, and then uh, CK is going to be leading things off on field two. And uh, you've got several days of action. Uh, hopefully the weather's going to cooperate with us, and uh, we're going to get all the games in in a, a, a timely manner and not have to worry about those dreaded rain delays. So, but with all these teams coming in and all the families, what does this really mean to Huntington for Huntington? Um, you, you, when you have events like this, uh, a lot of people tout the economic uh, value of the event. What does an event like this uh, bring to Huntington? Well, I, I mean, we're going to have people coming from all over the state. Um, they're going to be, you know, staying in our hotels, eating in our restaurants, and and even more importantly, you know, driving down Memorial Boulevard and seeing what a beautiful section of town here, you know, we have. We don't always get the best, you know, press, and you know, we've we've had some tough times, but um, you know, a lot of us look at Huntington and think, what a great place we live in. And so, what you know, what what we are looking forward to is having the opportunity for people to come down here and see why we love it, you know. I think the great thing also about this tournament is we're hoping everyone who can gets down there to watch it. But uh, we're going to have several games on the radio this year, and also uh, there's going to be video streaming, which uh, more and more I think that's really helped Little League as far as parents and people being able to follow their teams if they can't be there. And uh, I know you got to be excited about that, just the opportunity that no matter where you're at, if you want to watch these games, you're going to be able to either come down or just watch them on your computer. Isn't that great? I mean, it's... Um... You know, when we had the opportunity to do that, we jumped at it because it's, uh, you know, we have people coming from long, you know, hours and hours away, and I'm sure there are aunts and uncles and grandparents that would like to see their, their, uh, you know, kids play baseball, and this gives this gives them a tremendous opportunity to do that. So, it's uh, fantastic. Our guest on the program is David Amsbury, president of Huntington Little League at the Arch. Everything's going to get underway. Uh, the kids hopefully are going to have a great time at Camden Park, and then opening ceremonies are at the field at 10 a.m. on Friday. Looking forward to uh, seeing uh, Steve Williams there. Uh, Jeff Wagner's going to be there. Uh, Jan Rader's going to be throwing out the first pitch, uh, and then all the action gets underway. Uh, anything else uh, we want to talk about about this? Anything I miss? No, I think you, you did a great job. I mean, we just want to welcome everybody down here, and uh, uh, whether you live in the neighborhood or, you know, in the next county. Uh, come on down. There's plenty of parking. It's going to be, you know, uh, hopefully we'll have a nice day, and there's plenty of room for everybody. So we welcome we welcome everyone. David, good luck with this. Thanks for coming on and talk about it, and uh, we're excited to have Huntington uh, play host this event once again. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. That's David Amsbury, president of Huntington Little League at the Arch. Uh, all the action gets underway Friday, and, of course, uh, we're going to have those games. Uh, all the games are going to be on our Facebook page. All you have to do is find us at ESPN Radio 94.1 FM and AM 930. And, of course, uh, we'll have select games uh, on the radio. That will be Cerrito Canova and Barbersville. So we're looking forward to our coverage on the radio, the video coverage of the entire tournament, and, of course, uh, being um, – being Huntington area guys here at the radio station, we're rooting for CKM, we're rooting for Barbersville, but uh, hopefully uh, everybody has a great time in the tournament. We're going to take our final break, come back. Uh, we will open the phone lines for you, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. This is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Don't worry. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. 
Welcome back. It's the Wednesday edition, The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in. We'll open the phone lines up at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. You hear this story today? North Carolina coach Larry Fedora, he is um, he's bringing some heat down on himself. Uh he doubted a link between football and CTE at Wednesday's ACC kickoff event. He said that he believed that there were people using the data in hopes of destroying the game. Now, I'm going to stop right there before I continue. I don't think that football is under attack because people just want to destroy the game. I think a lot of people who are coming at this are coming from the standpoint that football can cause a lot of long-term damage to a human being. And I think that's a fair position to come from. You want to make the game safer. You want to have a game in which the participants are not in really major health peril at the end of the day as much as possible. It's a collision sport. We get that. Those who are participants for the most part, understand this is a collision sport. With better education, they can make the proper decision because at the end of the day, it's their bodies that they're putting on the line. So I don't think it's a let's just we're going to ruin the game. I don't like that assertion. He was asked about the changes to the kickoff rule in college football, and he basically – I don't know. He was having a little sermon of um, of sorts. He disputed the according to the media reports. He disputed the relationship between football and chronic traumatic uh, encephalology. He suggested that softening the game could be part of a larger concern. He told reporters, "Quote: Our game is under attack. I feel the game will be pushed so what we know that we won't recognize it in ten years." And if it does, our country will go down too. Let's stop right there. Our country, our well-being, our livelihood, our way of life is now being under attack because we're going to change some rules in college football. America is on the precipice of failing, coming to its end. This great nation that has survived for centuries— This great country of ours is going to go down the hill because we're going to change the kickoff rule in college football. This great country of mine is no longer going to be great because we're going to soften the game of college football. Really? Okay, guess what? Um... Larry Fedora is now my first candidate for who lost the week. I haven't got a candidate yet. So Friday, Larry Fedora right now is the lead in who lost the week because he just lost me on that one. According to the story, Fedora said that he had talked to military personnel who had suggested the success of the United States military was due in part to the number of football players who went on to join the armed forces. All right, maybe that's anecdotal at best. I think the success of the United States military is due in part to the United States military. Because a lot of men joined the United States military 
who want to serve, not necessarily their professional athletes or their college athletes. You've had those cases. Not necessarily people who played sports, but a lot of people join the armed forces because they feel a duty that they want to serve. They want to be a part of something. And the military offers for a lot of people a great opportunity to go out, serve, learn, be a well-educated person because if you put everything you possibly can into your time and the armed services and take advantage of everything, you're going to come out a better person. So I'm not going to put that on college football as making the military great. Now, it's great that you've got natural leaders coming from athletics into the military, but it's not athletics, kids, that's making United States military great. Sorry, uh, I'm going to uh, pass on that one as well. Um, but the whole thing seems ridiculous to me because he's questioning the whole connection between CTE and football. He did backtrack. He did backtrack saying football simply was not alone in dealing with head injuries, and he argued that the game is currently safer than ever before. He said, quote, I'm not sure that anything is proven that football itself causes CTE. My understanding is that repeated blows to the head cause it. So I'm assuming that every sport we have, football included, could be a problem with that, as long as you've got any kind of contact. That doesn't diminish the fact that the game is still safer than it's ever been because we continue to tweak the game to try to make it safer for our players. That's the point. You're trying to make the game safer. You're trying to identify what could cause harm. What needs to be there? What doesn't need to be there? Um, I like this one. He said, people, I love going to the, that's my go-to. When I just want to say something, I like going to that. Well, you know, people, so Gabriel, people, people say, and that's what he said. People say routine, um, he said, yeah, people routinely use data on CTE to suggest the risk of playing football was too high. In turn, he said participation rates in youth football had declined nationally, putting the game at risk. Quote, if you're involved in the game of football, you have to worry about that. Um, and then when he was pressed about whether he agrees that there was a correlation between football participation, CTE. Um, he said that uh, some studies and not others, um, he believes some. He believes some studies. Not others, he believes some. Now, the NFL, which, let me tell you, their job number one is to protect the shield. The shield comes first. NFL, not for long when it comes to damaging the shield is what that stands for. They have acknowledged the connection between concussions suffered while playing football and the development of CTE. Um, it, it's, yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. Uh, Fedora said he was not familiar with the NFL's evaluation of a link between football and CTE, but said players should understand the risk and make their own decisions. But at the end of the day, he's saying, injuries, yeah, it's a violent sport. He said, you've got big, fast, strong guys running into each other. Something is going to give. But there are risks involved in the game, and everybody that plays the game understands those risks. 
Uh, I wish we could spend more time on this. But at, at the same time, uh, I just want to let you know that the softening of college football is going to speed up the decline of the United States. This great country, we're going downhill. We're fine. The country's fine, okay? With um, with the United States not making the World Cup, uh, that, once again, um, that solidified my belief that the United States is fine. We're fine. That's going to do it for this edition of the program. You know why people are not going out for football maybe as much? Because there are other things they're getting into. I'm blaming millennials on that one. We'll talk tomorrow. Enjoy your rest Wednesday. Good night. Huntington Sports Station.